UK Report with Adam Gilchrist. Good morning, Adam. Hey, morning, Kino. Hey, kids going missing, man. Never, ever a good thing. Now, there's a, a missing toddler search, I believe, in Edinburgh. Uh, yes, there is. Uh, a three-year-old boy, um, and I think... There's a couple of things with this. Um, it's been an enormous search, and in fact, they are now searching again this morning. It's still dark here, but they're, they're looking again. And it's involved mountain rescue teams and the Coast Guard. Now, Edinburgh, of course, is close to the sea, close to the Firth. Um, and there are hills just outside it. So uh, to think a three-year-old, though, might have ended up walking across some hills heading towards mountains is an extraordinary notion. But also the key yeah. thing... Bearing in mind this boy went missing, he went to bed um, on uh, Wednesday night and you know, mum tucked him in and then when she went to wake him up on Thursday morning he wasn't there. So now he's been missing for, what, 30 hours or so, give or take. Um, and police believe that he hasn't been abducted. So that's, uh, that's an adventurous three-year-old grabbing his coat and his shoes, apparently, and, and then making off around the city. At least that's what the police are basing their investigation on what? so far. But obviously concerns are building because yeah, 30 hours plus is quite a long time, uh, you know, for a little tiny lad to be out and about. Hold on. A three-year-old can hardly speak properly. So well, they, they're saying this three-year-old got up early hours of the morning... Put on some shoes, got in a jacket because he knew it's uh, quite cold outside, and then went for a good old wonder. Yes, that that, that, that is what they are. They're basing wow. their search on. So Seems uh, unlikely, but anyway. Well, I suppose uh, he could have gone for a wonder and then run into somebody unfortunate, yeah. or he could have done that thing that uh, perhaps all kids might do, whereas at some point you realise you're going to be in trouble, and then you hide rather than face the music. So he yeah. could be. I mean, that's the hope, I guess, is that, you know, yes. he'll end up being in the neighbour's shed or something. But uh, clearly, they're looking in the neighbour's shed, but so far with no result. Hey, here's a good one, hey? Close to a cure for blindness, a big step forward, hey? In gene oh, therapy. this is extraordinary, yes. Um, this wouldn't be a cure for all blindness, because sometimes, you know, eyes are so badly damaged or they're not properly formed in the first place, whatever. But this is really important uh, for those who suffer from any kind of uh, hereditary disease or degenerative disease that affects the eyesight. Scientists in Oxford using a technique whereby they basically inject a missing part of the DNA. So it's gene therapy. They, they uh, inject that bit via a virus. So the virus carries it directly into the, the right part of the eye, as it were. And lo and behold, it can either arrest the degeneration or indeed reverse it, at least reverse it a little bit. And so far, they've, uh, they've, got, they've had six patients who've shown very positive signs, uh, uh, some wow. dramatic improvement where they could hardly see anything and they're now seeing definite shapes. A guy who had to be absolutely helped around the house who can now go to the shops on his own. It's not 2020, but obviously extraordinary steps. And at the Oxford Eye Hospital, they reckon this treatment at the moment where they've been treating people um, who suffer from choroid aremia. Yeah. And they reckon this could go to the much more common macular degeneration that affects one wow. in four adults over a certain age. So this could be, you know, a, a small step, but also a giant leap. Absolutely. Now, the Prime Minister's priority, I see David Cameron turning into a bit of a stand-up comedian. <laughs> it felt like it. <laughs> yes, they had this uh, political journalist dinner 
which we haven't done since 1974. You wonder why the, the great long gap, because uh, it's a chance for everyone, I suppose, in theory, to get a bit cosier and chum up to each other and uh, say all the right things. And I have to say, this is the moment when I actually warmed to our Prime Minister. You know, you find that moment when you're warming to your Prime Minister? It doesn't last long, obviously, but uh, here was David Cameron in front of a group of journalists saying that his priority for 2014 is to keep his bald spot hidden. Uh, there's a few people who might identify with that. Uh, and re- if you remember that hoo-ha we were talking about uh, with an MBE for his hairdresser, and I thought, oh, for goodness sake, the Prime Minister's barber gets the New Year's honour. Uh, on that subject, David Cameron said, well, if you can make cuts and stop recession at the same time, then you deserve an honour. So <laughs> it, was, it was all a bit Prime Minister, but not bad. Oh, no. You, I, I like the way, two things, you said... We didn't do this since 1974, just uh, <clears throat> for your information. I was born in 1974. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Secondly, warming to our Prime Minister, our President, you'd have to put me into a furnace. <laughs> and I might warm to our President. But anyway, Adam Gilchrist, great chatting to you as always.